0: Well, we're continuing our series, "Dear Church," um, where Jesus gives words of praise, words of warning, and words of condemnation to the seven churches uh, in Turkey, Asia Minor, and we've seen that um, the the things that Jesus says apply to us today. Um, and today <laughs> there's a church that uh, that that. Well, we'll put it this way. I, so when, uh, my, my, uh, my, my phone is my alarm, right? You used to have alarm clocks, but now my phone's my alarm. And, uh, I've been using the same ringtone for the alarm for like, I don't know, four or five years. And it triggers me. So like, as soon as I hear this thing, this, uh, this, this, this noise, I, I immediately go into like anxiety. I, I jump out of bed. I freak out. Um, because I hate waking up. It's the worst part of my day. Although it's probably better than not waking up. Um, but I don't like it. I, and some of you, I know, you get up four in the morning every day without an alarm clock. You're like, zing, I'm ready to go. That's not me. I would sleep all day if I could. And so every time I hear that, it's a very odd tone, but it's like it's ingrained in my consciousness now. Sometimes I'll wake up at like 2 a.m. Uh, to go to the bathroom, and then I just, I'm afraid I'm going to hear it. Like it's just waiting to, to ruin my night. Today, Jesus is going to ruin the Church of Sardis is night. So let's uh, let's take a look um, at this text and let's recognize um, the ways in which it might it might have implications for us. So let's read it together Revelation three. This is the beginning of the third chapter. Write this to the angel of the Church in Sardis. These are the words of the one who holds God's seven spirits and the seven stars. I know your works, Jesus says. You have the reputation of being alive, but in fact you are dead. Wake up and strengthen whatever you have left, teetering on the brink of death, for I found that your works are far, far from complete in the eyes of my God. So remember what you received and heard, hold on to it, change your hearts and lives, that's uh, in most translations repent, metanoia, but it means like go back, turn around, if you don't wake up, I will come like a thief and you won't know what time I will come upon you. But you do have a few people in Sardis who haven't stained their clothing. They'll walk with me clothed in white because they're worthy. Those who emerge victorious will will wear white clothing like this. I won't scratch out their names from the scroll of life, but will declare their names in the presence of my Father and his angels. If you can hear, listen to what the Spirit is saying to the churches. It's pretty intense. Uh, let's, let's jump in. The first thing, just to remind you, anytime, uh, in Revelation 2 and 3, we hear the seven spirits and the seven stars, that's referring to the seven churches that are being, uh, that Jesus is talking to, and the angels that, that sort of sponsor their churches. In, uh, in, in Revelation, there's a sense that behind the scenes, behind what we can see, there's, uh, there's forces that are at work, and some of them are angels, and they're, and they're involved in churches in various ways. Now listen to this. You have the reputation of being alive, and you are in fact dead. Your works are far from complete in the eyes of my God. Well, what's going on here is very clearly at some point in the past, Sardis, was, they were rock stars. They were awesome. And, and as a result, they gained a reputation for being a vibrant, living, excellent, amazing church. But Jesus knows what's going on underneath the hood. In fact, one of the big problems was, was that at an at earlier date, they were, they were doing the works that God had called. them. They were on mission. They were on mission for Jesus. And then they just kind of stopped. Marilyn, do, I have the, do we have the video? Yeah, this is, I, I just saw this. this is great. I love this video. TGI Friday's famous sizzling entrees that you know and love, like chicken, shrimp, and cheese, just got even hotter. With new delicious tastes like whiskey, flat iron steak, and the tastiest sizzling street noodles. Hurry in. Now starting at only $10. We bring the sizzle like no other. New sizzling entrees starting at $10. TGI Friday's, the home of endless apps. Endless apps, every night, 9 p.m. to close. TGI Friday's. What a great restaurant. Uh, and I, it has a place in my heart. Um, when I was in high school, every uh, Friday before we went to the movies, uh, my buddies and I would go to TGI Friday's where we'd eat. Um, and then uh, when I was getting to know Aaron, that was the place we'd hang out after a youth group. And that's where we kind of fell in love. And that's actually where I proposed to her. Just the one not classy, I know. Um, the, <laughs> the one on Greenfields. Off Crown Valley. It's gone now. It's now like a snooze, and there's like a Mexican place that uh, Josh and I went to. It's very, very overpriced. I don't recommend it. Uh, but man, the TJI Fries was, whew, it was the place. And, uh, even so, it f- went so far as to the, like in 1999 office space, they made fun of the fact that they all wear those pins. You know, when you go to TGI Fridays, it's like they're, like a pin of Montana or something. It's to, it's flair, it's to give them, uh, you know, like, to- and when you go into a TGI Fridays, even today, they're closing, uh, because, TJ Friday's is on the way down. But even when you go into one, you'd probably have to go to Anaheim. I think that's the nearest one. Uh, you go in, and there's like a canoe glued to the ceiling, and there's stop signs, and it all looks very festive. And then the, the, the host or hostess welcomes you with a smile that you can tell there's nothing really behind it. Um, and then you sit down to eat, and you're like, something's weird here. And the food comes, and you get your whiskey flat iron steak for $10. Um, and, and you have your endless appetizer starting at 9 p.m. for $12. And everything that goes into your mouth, you're like, man, this feels like it's been frozen for a long time. And <laughs> it, <laughs> it seems like they just microwaved it. TGI Fridays is dead, man. And it used to be so awesome, or at least I thought it was. Maybe I was just young and stupid. But gosh, in the ni- 80s and 90s, I felt like TGI Fridays was was. It was boss, man. And the thing is, now what TGI Fridays is doing—you saw that you saw the commercial. I mean, it looks festive, right? They're they're coasting on that reputation. They got people twirling around, like, "Come on in, this is great." But but it's really it's all for show. There's nothing there. They're 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 depending on you remembering how great it was. You're like, ah, I do want to drive up to Anaheim and check out the old TGI Fridays and see how it is. I guarantee you'll be dis—well, you will be dis you will not be disappointed because now I've told you how bad it is. This is a uh, Halsgrim Skirker. It's uh, the, one of the most beautiful churches in the world. It's, uh, it's in Reykjavik, Iceland. Uh, it was begun in the post-war period, 1948. Uh, major construction was completed in the 60s and 70s, but all the, the finishings weren't even done until 1986. Uh, it's a gorgeous, I mean, you just look at that. It's, a, it's insane architecture. It's, it's a beautiful, beautiful building. Um... Reykjavik has about 120,000 people in it, and this church, which is like the biggest church in Reykjavik, uh, has one service uh, a week, it's 11 o'clock on Sundays, they have room for about 1,200 people, uh, but uh, about as many as are here show up. The tours are apparently very nice, so if you go to Iceland, you can pay for a ticket. You can go check out how beautiful this architecture is. But something's different, something's wrong, because what you see there, it looks like it should be this, this amazing testament to the majesty and the glory of God, and yet when you walk in and you experience it, you're like, these people are phoning it in. Part of it is that only 6% of people in Iceland go to church more than once a month. Only 10% even once a month. And there's something that's dead inside. And it's odd, it's strange, it's sad, because think back, you know, 50, 60 years when people were like, let's make this, let's make this beautiful testament to the majesty of God. Let's, let's glorify him with the works of our hands, our resources. Let's build this rad, rad building. And then at some point, at some point, they got the building done, I guess, they're like, well, whew, that was tough. I deserve a break. We deserve a break. Look at what we did. We made this amazing building, which I'm sure God's really happy about, and we just need to, we need to relax. We need to take a nap. That's the first thing on your note sheets. Churches and people that do great things, and it's great things, are always in danger of falling asleep, of resting on our loyals. We look back at what we've accomplished, we're like, oh, It's time to sleep. We put in a hard day's work. What does Jesus say about this? He says, wake up! Listen to this. This is so sad. Strengthen whatever you have left. Teetering on the brink of death. There's not a lot there. I get it. But man, salvage that. Get out of bed. How are you going to do it? What's what's it going to take to get the church of Sardis to be shaken up and to wake up again? Well, remember what you've received and heard. Hold on to it and change your hearts and lives. That's an interesting language for us. We don't talk about receiving and hearing language. In the ancient world, it's very common because most uh, transmission of, of information was done verbally. Right, You would tell some, because most people weren't literate, so you'd tell what had happened and then that person memorized it and remembered it and, and passed it on. If you had traditions like baptism or uh, Lord's Supper, whatever, you would, you would hear and receive those traditions and you would pass them on. Well, something's happened in Sardis where they've stopped this process. The last time I, got, I talked about coffee, you, got, you all got mad at me. It was like two years ago, and I was describing like some kind of coffee system that I apparently didn't understand. I just read the Wikipedia article, and there were like, there were serious, like three or four people came up yelling at me during the sermon, and then afterwards, like, do your research. It's like... But a good thing came out of it. Um, the Hogs and the Mayos, who are now in Texas, um, bless them, uh, they both came up and they were like, you know what the problem with your, your coffee intake is? Is that you aren't, you know, you're, you're skipping over the best coffee. Espresso. It's like oh, espresso. Okay, what's that? And uh, the the turned me on to the Nespresso machine. It's like a Keurig, but it's like proprietary, and uh, and it, it dispenses a double shot of espresso. And so, uh, and, and it's amazing because I, you know, i obviously I'm I'm a, I'm a man, so I don't put anything in my coffee. I take it black. Um, and so I remember uh, the first time I, I sipped on that, it was just rich and velvety. <laughs> I was like, ho, 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 put it in my veins, whoa, (laughs) this isn't cocaine, is it, like, what, 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 just happened, uh, and, and man, wow, what a, what an engaged feeling, so focused, uh, so awesome, and, and so I, I, I was like, wow, this is, this is, this is the way to do things in the morning, You know, and some of you probably are similar, where you're like, you you get out of bed like me, you're groggy, and man, when you get that that good stuff, it's just. I actually can't drink it anymore because, you know, it makes me my heart beat real fast. I'm afraid I'm going to get a panic attack, but I I I miss it. I miss it. Jesus is prescribing espresso for the church in Sardis. He's saying you need to go back to the very beginning. You need to remember and start replaying in your minds the the things that you received and heard from John the Apostle, from Paul the Apostle, from the other apostles who traveled through. You need to go back and and re-engage with that. Now, for us, that's it's different because we don't do oral tradition, but we do have the repository, the place where all of that stuff is. It's the Bible. The people of Sardis, when they they first became Christians, people came and told them about the history of the Jewish people, Moses and and, and the the prophets. They learned about the coming of Jesus, the Messiah. They heard about the forgiveness of sins through his death and glory through his resurrection. They found out that their real home was in heaven, that hope was to characterize their lives, and that launched them into action, spreading the word, telling the word, engaging with the Spirit's power, and doing the things that God had called them to do. Mission. They were vibrant. They were powerful. They were were building. They were doing projects. They were were serving. They were loving. And and, and then at some point, they got away from that that source. Maybe because they got so caught up in the things that they were doing and the people they were loving that they forgot. They, They left behind the basis, the foundation And Jesus says, you want to wake up, you want to come out of your stupor? You need a big fat shot of scripture in the morning. You need a double shot of scripture. All throughout the week, you need to start re-engaging with my words, the Bible. So you can re-engage and remember what you saw and heard, the things that inspired you in the beginning. You have to reinvigorate your life with this power. And it's not enough just to hear me talk about it for 35 minutes on Sunday. I've been so pleased. Uh, we, we had the, the CBS Men's Bible Study, which has just been phenomenal. So many of y'all have, uh, have joined in. And a lot of you, uh, this is maybe the first, or first time in a long time, or maybe even the first time ever, that you're really digging deep and engaging in Scripture. Man, it is changing lives. Because you're wrestling with these words, trying to understand what God's saying. You don't have me to hold your hand. You have Bill. He's pretty great. But we need more of that. Or we're in danger of falling asleep. Maybe there are some of you who, if you're honest with yourself, you're like, yeah, I've been snoozing. I remember a few years back, I, I put my time in, and I, now is my time to relax. You know, I'm retired I'm retired, and because I'm retired, it means I don't have to do anything anymore, John Mitchell. <laughs> I'm just going to just, you know, John, I'm telling you, man, this, this is it. This is your moment, brother. I'm just kidding. John's awesome. Do you know John does stuff like, he, like you're sick, he'll take you to the, the doctor, he'll like, bring you to church. Like, John and Pat are very, very sweet people. Um, so they're, they're not obviously not who I'm talking about. Um, but maybe you're hearing it and you're like, I am. Jesus says, get back to the Bible. And if you don't understand it, it's hard. Find someone who will help you. I'm actually, I think I'm pretty good at reading the Bible. I would love to sit down and help you. Or maybe uh, we, if you want, I've I been thinking about doing like a how to read the Bible uh, small group. Uh, so maybe that would be of interest to you. If it is, let me know because then I'll be more inclined to do it. At any rate, the, the second thing your note sheets. The good news of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection is the wake up call every sleepy church needs. Now, again, I think overall, if I'm taking the barometer, the, the temperature of Coast Bible Church, I think right now our church is like on kind of like a. We've, we've started sipping the coffee and things are starting to get charged up. But if I, you, honestly, five years ago, I'd be like, oh yeah, we're kind of asleep. We're just going through the motions. But I, think, I think we've been starting to sip on scripture and I think I'm seeing starting to see the excitement and the growth and the power of the spirit reinvigorating our hearts and I want everybody to be a part of that and here's what happens if you do Jesus says uh, you do have a few people by the way notice before this Jesus said if you don't wake up uh, that probably doesn't mean he's going to kill them but it does mean he's probably going to destroy the church Or let it die. But, he says, but if that happens, there are a few people who haven't stained their clothing. This is a change in metaphor. First it was sleeping and and being dead. Now it's uh, staining clothes. There's a reason for that. It's because uh, Jesus wants to talk about walking with him. They will walk with me clothed in white because they're worthy. I'll not scratch their names out of the scroll of life. I'll declare their names in the presence of my father and his angels. Uh, Some people read that bit about scratching their names out of the scroll of life and worry that maybe uh, Jesus is going, if if you're not, like, working hard enough, uh, Jesus is going to, like, not let you into heaven. I don't think that's what this means. Um, God actually, throughout Scripture, has a tendency to bark much more than bite. Um, God gives warnings to people to shake us up, uh, but God very rarely ends up... (sighs) Sometimes it happens, and it's bad when it does, but it's very rare. I think what's happening here is Jesus is expecting to, people will be like, oh, we've got to wake up. Whatever the case, the most important part of this text is the bit about walking with me. Uh, they will walk with me. That's peripateo in Greek. Uh, peripateo is not the normal word for, for walk. It does get used that way. But it has a kind of a special connotation of, like, wandering around. Okay, peripateo wandering uh, it's, it's got a sense of the walkabout. If you have uh, Australian friends, uh, they, I guess Australians are very purposeless and lazy because after uh, high school, a lot of them just go and wander around for a year. They just, they just go do things. Uh, when I was living in Japan, I had a couple of friends uh, from Australia who were like, oh, yeah, we're just here just because. I'm like, okay, right, great, good for you. Uh, but the idea is you go out and about and you're, and you're not, you're not, you don't necessarily have like a certain destination in mind. You're just, you're just kind of itinerant. You're just kind of moving around. And if you think about it, that's exactly how Jesus acted in the Gospels. Right? His whole ministry was him just kind of walking around. Like, he, he didn't, it didn't, eventually he was going to end up in Jerusalem. But, but for the most part, he just, he wandered around Galilee. He wandered around Samaria. And everywhere he went, why was he doing this? Because he wanted to bring the news of the kingdom of God and engage the kingdom of God, activate the kingdom of God in people's lives. And, and so he was just kind of, and he's promising this very same thing to us. He's saying, if you don't fall asleep or if you don't stay asleep you will get to walk about with me if you, uh, if you have IT cyber security issues I know a lot of us do um, I can recommend to you Lattice Solutions uh, Keir Lane over here he, um, he started Lattice Solutions I don't really know what it does but um, my understanding is that it has something to do with cybersecurity. is that fair? Well, let me ask you this. Like, say John is like, dude, my, my computer is not secure. Can Lattice help him? No. no. Okay, all right. Never mind. Kier's company is useless. Don't go to his website. Uh, <laughs> There's a lot of time uh, where Kier and I have been talking, hanging out, and he, he, one of the things I love is when he talks about um, the best time of his work, working life. And it was when he was building Lattice Solutions. And he got, like, a team around him. And he was working crazy, like, working super hard. Um, I think at that point, Mindy finally had to quit because he had just totally checked out of the family. Um, but he was, like, he, it was, he describes it as, like, this time of intense production, but, like, incredible joy. And, like, when the, when, when the, the hard work was, was completed and, and Lattice was taking off, there was a sense of, like, Yes, we've done it. I've heard something similar from lots lots of you who've have had um, those types of experiences in, in in your working life, and and there's an interesting there's an interesting bit about that. There's something interesting about the fact that our greatest joy in life is is often connected to married to hard work. So you don't know, uh, Elden Ring is a really difficult video game. Um, our friend Randy Grimm, uh, he was sick for, you know, four years. And during that time, he really couldn't do much. And so he played these ultra, ultra hard video games. And it was a crazy thing. Because I, I tried them and I was like, "This is, I don't like losing. So I'm not going to do this anymore. These things are like hardcore, like old school Super Mario Brothers. And it was crazy. I would talk to him and he'd be like, dude, I just beat Demon Souls 6. I was like, go to school, Randy. That's... Really? that that's, that's your joy, is the Dark Souls series. Okay, that's fine. Uh, but there was a sense of, like, he, he, he had to work so hard to get there. It required so much skill. And for him at that time, he didn't have the ability to go out and, and be a part of the world. But there was one place where he could fully engage with his energy, his skill. And when it, when it finally paid off, it was like, yes! When Jesus... Uh, says, if you overcome, if you wake up, you'll get to walk with me. He's he's countering our notion of what heaven. And most of us think heaven, or at least the millennial kingdom, we believe the kingdom of God is where we get to relax. We've worked so hard, we've been good Christians, and now we finally get to. No, this is not true. If you imagine heaven as like clouds and harps and whatnot, you're going to be very disappointed. Heaven is the place where if you've done well, at least in the millennial kingdom, if you've done well, you walk with Jesus. You take part in the projects and the actions and the things that Jesus wants to do. It's not not your chance to check out. It's your chance to recheck in. The, The whole bit about coffee and waking up, it doesn't stop with this life. It doesn't stop with the next life. The next life is filled. with, And that's because human beings have been designed just like God God, God's, we're, we're in his image. God God loves to create. God loves to do. God loves to see the fruits of God's labor. And so do we. I've been a little disappointed. My royalty checks have been uh, coming in, and they're, they're pretty low. Um, so... Because this is my labor of love, right? Like, I put a lot of time and energy into these books. And so I would just like it if everyone, right now, just pull out your phones. Go to Amazon.com. Order 10, 15, 20 copies um, for you and your friends. Just a little book plug there. uh, Because, man, you know what's funny? I don't care about the royalty checks. I really don't. The joy of writing for me is being like, I'm working so hard and I'm putting the time in and and, and God's going to use this. This is going to be great. That kind of mentality is kingdom mentality. It's Jesus walks mentality. It's going on the walkabout with Jesus forever mentality. It's the next thing, last thing in your note sheets. The reward for waking up now is joining Jesus on his kingdom walkabout. It's hard for people to imagine uh, the end of days, but at least in the the thousand-year reign of Jesus, like, Jesus is coming to earth to rule. Like, that's happening. And if you want to be a part of that, if you want to be a part of, of Jesus going and setting the world to rights the way that it's supposed to be, wake up. Wake up. because if you don't, if you don't wake up, you're going to miss out. You're going to miss out on this opportunity to walk with the one who saved you, to go be a part of the projects that that he's engaged with, to bring the joy and redemption of kingdom life wherever he goes. You could be a part of that, but you have to wake up. You have to wake up. And if you're drowsy, you need to open up your your black cup of Bible espresso and begin sipping and and get zinged up again. You need to to re-engage with that. If if you're falling asleep, wake up. I'm so pumped. Like I said, you know, this church, this is not... uh... This is not Sardis. We're not Sardis. Uh, But maybe a few of us still are. I'm saying, inviting you to come along, to get excited about what's coming. You know, I I keep hammering this thing. We're going to go build a church in Mexico. We're going to make it happen. I want all... Kids, children, Rocco, I want you there, buddy. We're going to Mexico to build a church. I know you don't have any useful skills, but... My understanding is, like, if you can put Lincoln Logs together, you can do this. So I want you there, brother. I want you there. I want you woke up. I want you pumped about what we're doing for God in his name, right? And I want people to look at you, man, and be like, sweet Rocco, that kid's heart is on fire for Jesus. That kid woke up. Wake up, wake up let 's pray, gracious God and Father We, we just ask for your alarms and, and your espresso to come and just wake us up for anyone here god who 's just who 's tired out who 's snoozing um, who 's just waiting uh, for the end to come. God, please send your spirit and power to wake us up. Send us a thirst and a hunger for your scripture uh, that we can just sip it and gulp it and drink it down over and over until our hearts are rekindled with life and light so that we can complete the works that you set before us so that we won't just have a reputation of being alive but that we'll be really, truly vibrant and alive. And God, inspire us a desire to walk about with Jesus. To know that, that when we wake up and when we get back uh, to doing your will, that, that we're setting up an eternity of walking with Jesus. Being about his kingdom. And God, for those who are awake, I pray that, that you'll just light the fire and, and help them extend it to anyone who's looking for light in life. Wake us up, God. In Jesus' name, amen.